welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Wednesday, the 29th of November with me, Bernadette and Derko. Today, we'll be joined on the show by our head of fixed income research, Marcus Allensbach, who's going to provide an update on the US bond markets, as well as reminding us of his preferred sectors. But first, we'll get the highlights of the latest market action with Roman Canciani. Good morning, Roman. Good morning, Bernadette. So, uh, Roman, although trading was kind of range-bound yesterday across the stock markets, there was actually a, a flurry of economic data releases and, and plenty of Federal Reserve speakers on air. Was there anything special there that caught your eye? Well, yes. In terms of economic data releases, I think the most important news was the release of the three US conference board indices, which averaged the price to the upside, confirming the narrative that the US consumer remains a reliable source of economic growth there. While the Consumer Confidence Index came in at 102 versus expectations of 101 and actually rising for the first time in four months, the most positive surprise was the Board's Expectations Index, which came in at 77.8 in November, up from a revised 72.7 in October. So that was one of the positives yesterday, but also the Fed speech was clearly less disruptive to the markets than it was uh, three or four weeks ago. Governor Waller said that he believes monetary policy is uh, tight enough and that he is confident that the US can achieve a soft landing. Uh, following this comment, the two-year U.S. Treasury yields fell like a stone by around 15 basis points and continued their rally in Asia overnight, now trading at 467, a level last seen in early July this year. Ten-year yields, meanwhile, have also benefited, trading at 426 this morning, compared to two levels above 440 yesterday morning. Meanwhile, European Central Bank President Joachim Nagel said at an event in Nicosia that he believes it's too early to talk about interest rate cuts in the eurozone, adding that the main impact of policy tightening in Europe on inflation has yet to materialize. However, European government bond yields generally followed their US counterparts lower yesterday. Okay, so yields have started falling again after that short blip up towards the end of last week. That should be positive for stocks, right? Yes, absolutely. But uh, some strategists, namely at Citigroup, have started to question the rally after a very strong November, during which global equities gained almost 9% in US dollar terms. They wrote in a note yesterday that net positioning in the US benchmark S&P 500 index uh, looks slightly bearish and concluded that the equity rally is likely to have run out of steam for now. So we had a bit of both positive and negative market news yesterday, but the news flow still was good enough to push stock markets in Europe and the US off their day's lows. Uh, at the end of the trading day, the S&P 500 in the US closed little changed, with consumer discretionary and real estate outperforming and healthcare the laggard of the day. However, the broader market showed some weakness with the Russell 2, uh, 2K small and mid-cap index closing down 0.5%. Okay, um, I've read some news about potential IPOs of some well-known companies. Uh, can you fill us in on that? Yes, indeed. There, there are several companies lined up to float in the coming month, including social media company Reddit, which became famous for the meme stock frenzy, uh, when the platform's users created huge hypes in stocks that were deemed fundamentally unbuyable by the professional investment community. Also, Chinese fast fashion retailer Shein has apparently filed confidentially with US regulators for an IPO next year, according to unnamed sources. All right, so uh, let's... Uh 
dive a bit deeper into the corporate world. For those who were listening on Monday, uh, you said then that uh, there was a cybersecurity company that was going to report earnings yesterday after the close of trading. And it was going to be interesting to see whether they could profit from uh, that increasing number of corporate hacks that we've seen over the past few months. So um, have they? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's all about CrowdStrike, which reported their results uh, after the close of trading yesterday. But the company company's share price, they have more than doubled this year. Uh, and again, yesterday, it reported better than expected third quarter results and raised also its full year sales forecast. Uh, however, in, mar- in aftermarket trading, the shares were still down about 1%. And uh, analysts say this is uh, because Wall Street whispers were expecting even better results there. All right. Thanks for the update there. Um, what about uh, Asia? What happened there overnight? Well, yeah, stocks are mixed in Asia this morning. Uh, Hong Kong's index is a bit of an outlier as the Hang Seng is down more than 2%, weighed down by losses in some tech stocks. The move was likely triggered by a growth warning from Chinese food delivery giant Meituan, whose shares are down more than 10% as we speak. Elsewhere, gold is also higher this morning, trading at around 2050 US dollars an ounce, most likely driven by investors who believe that the Federal Reserve is finished with its rate hikes and that real yields, uh, one of the most important factors in pricing the yellow metal, uh, also about to fall by 2024. The next resistance is at 2,075 US dollars per ounce, a level the metal has failed to breach three times in recent years. If it were to do this this time, uh, we would be landing in what is known as uncharted territory, leaving significant upside, of course. And Bitcoin is also stronger again this morning, trading above 38,000 US dollars. The story there hasn't really changed. It's all about the possible approval of a spot ETF and the upcoming halving in April. And it's an asset that tends to soar when risk on spreads in investors' minds. Okay, thanks, Roman. Um, So let's look forward. What's there for investors to look out for today? I think the most important piece of news this week is actually due tomorrow. The USPC deflator numbers, the Fed's favorite gauge to see if inflation is getting back under control. And then on Friday, Federal Reserve Chair Powell will speak and Marcus will be looking to see if his tone indicates a clearer pivot towards easing. Uh, For today, there'll be a lot of European inflation data. And uh, what I saw already this morning was German import prices for October, which came in higher than expected on a monthly basis, plus 0.3% versus expectations of minus 0.2%. Finally, uh, a quick look at the future sport. Your stock market futures are firmly in the green. So risk on remains the theme of the day, and it's likely that US stocks will open higher today. That's it from me. Thanks very much for bringing us up to date with the latest market news today, Roman. Thank you very much for having me, Bernadette. So now it's time to look at the bond markets with our head of fixed income research, Marcus Allensbach. Good morning, Marcus. Good morning, Bernadette. So uh, we've heard the 10-year yields finally moved lower towards 4.25%. Why is this so important for the bond market? It's more than a psychological number, Bernadette. Remember that we started 2023 with very high expectations for bonds to see a total return positive after this dismal 2022. And the 10-year treasury yield started at uh, 3.8 the year. And from the quarter actually would bring the total return back into positive territory. That's why the market is so much focusing on these numbers that any move below that would result in a positive total return for the 10-year treasury. 
for 2023. Okay, so do you regard this move as sustainable? Grumman has mentioned Fed Governor Waller. He more or less reiterated the current Fed narrative that has two pillars. One is uh, the Fed is not looking at any inflation forecasts anymore. They want to see hard numbers. They want to see a couple of good inflation readings before they move, asked how much that is, he said, four to five months. Second point is several Fed representatives, including Powell, they have mentioned that the Fed is sufficiently restrictive. The market currently regards that as the spread above the core PC deflator as the key element of Fed restrictiveness. Remember, they hiked to five and a quarter, five and a half percent back in July when the core PC deflator was 4.3 percent. The September reading was 3.7%. So the market thinks that one and three quarter, two percent, that's the spread the Fed wants to keep above the core PC deflator. That means if we have a sustained move of the core PC deflator down towards three percent, we will have room to rate cuts towards four and a half percent. That's currently what the market is pricing in. And that's what why we are looking at tomorrow's core PC deflator. We expect the decline from 3.7 towards 3.4%. Okay, so uh, Roman mentioned this PCA deflator being important. Clearly, it's um, a necessary but insufficient condition for the Fed to cut rates. So what could be a catalyst for a decisive move below four and a quarter percent? Well, as mentioned, they need to see four to five readings to about three percent before they move. So that means that we will most likely see the first Fed rate cut in summer next year. But importantly for us is that in two weeks' time at the FOMC meeting, we get again these dots, these strategic economic protections. And in those dots, they don't only have to remove the final rate hike they have put in, penciled in a couple of months ago. They would also have to validate our pretty aggressive rate cut expectations. So the Fed would have to signal at least three rate cuts for 2024 to keep the bond yields moving lower. Okay, so um, should investors still be buying quality bonds then at this level? The market has priced in quite aggressive Fed rate cuts. I fully agree with that, but still for the quarter in 10 years, that's still a good level to buy. And remember, we recommend quality corporate bonds. And with uh, single A, or triple Bs, you still get a very decent yield. So even if we have a little bit of a consolidation, if the Fed is not delivering the rate cuts, the market is currently in the dots, the market is currently pricing in. On six to 12 months down the road, I'm pretty sure you have lower yield levels. So I'm still sticking to the recommendation to lock in the current bond yield levels. I still regard them as attractive. I still regard the bond yields to be above the fair level. So I still recommend to invest in quality corporate bonds with medium to longer duration. Okay. Um, but what about Europe? What do you expect there? Roman mentioned there are some national CPI coming out and the Eurozone CPI tomorrow. But to be honest, the ECB has told us they are in hibernation. The next move they only do after they know the outcome of the wage negotiations in spring 2024. So 
to be honest, we are currently looking more at the U.S. numbers to see whether the conditions, uh, the things are falling in place for a Fed move. We know the ECB is going to move, but we know that the incoming high-frequency data like the monthly CPI numbers, the EU Commission report we get also tomorrow, they have less impact. The thing they are watching at the moment, they're really key on is to see that wage growth is slowing, that you don't have a wage price rival in Europe, given the low level of unemployment rates. So I would say without any signals to be expected from the ECB, it looks like the European bond markets will be trailing the, the US markets for the next couple of weeks. All right. So uh, I guess uh, to, to end this uh, session, I'd just like to ask you whether you think it's time to return to emerging market and high yield bonds. We have clearly been too cautious in 2023, reducing our US high yield recommendation, being neutral in emerging market bonds. I have to say, I'm still struggling to see why high yield is the place to be with the default rate has more than tripled to 5.3%. I have still a slight preference for emerging markets. We have a neutral rating here. And within emerging markets, we still like Asian high grades. And we still like the Middle East. And there are also selected opportunities in Latin America, like we have a recommendation for Mexico. So if you ask me if your client wants to add risk to his bond portfolio, I would give still a slight preference for emerging market diversified instruments over high yields. Okay. Thank you so much, Marcus, uh, for giving us your thoughts today and for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Well, that's it for today's podcast. I'd like to thank my guests for contributing and you for listening. Don't forget to join us again tomorrow when Helen Freer will be back hosting more of our experts to guide you through what's moving markets with an update from this week's investment committee and the latest news on commodities. Good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.